Today is September 14th, 2022. Welcome to Simply Bitcoin. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover the breaking news, culture, mematic warfare. We will show you why only Bitcoin can give you true financial sovereignty. And when we mean that, when we say that, we mean freedom. Today, we're going to debunk all the propaganda hit pieces by the legacy media. And who better to do that with than these two legends? How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. Salvador. Land of the free home of the Bitcoin, as Max always says. <laughs> True. Happy to have you guys on the show. And of course, my legendary co-host, The Optimist Fields. How you doing, well, I am doing good, Nico. Hello, Max and Stacy. Honored for you guys to be here. I'm excited for this show. And you already know where my daily culture segment's going to be on. It's going to be on Bitcoin expanding the human consciousness. So it's going to be an epic, epic day, Nico. Let's uh, do, do your thing, bro. Do your thing. All right, everybody, let's start the show. Let's do this. Number 10. Brought to you by Noddle. At this point, you should be running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't use your own Bitcoin node, you're trusting someone else's. Run your own version of Bitcoin Core, the Lightning Network, Whirlpool, and Dojo, all from the comfort of your own home. And if you're a digital nomad, you have absolutely no excuse because now you can run a Noddle through a virtual private server. Visit noddle.eu today. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 20,205 sats per dollar, also known as Moscow time, 4,949 sats, block height, 754,082, reachable Bitcoin nodes, 15,118, blocks to the halving, 85,118, having estimate April 22nd, 2024, total Lightning Network capacity, 4,771 Bitcoin. Estimated 96 million U.S. dollars, realized monetary inflation, Bitcoin taking the dollar to absolute school, 1.78%, market capitalization, $386 billion. Now, I want to talk about something that Max said pretty long time ago, but it's stuck by me. And now that I've seen it, I can't forget it, right? And it's something along the lines of the excuses themselves are suffering from inflation. And I think I have an example of that, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts. This was Joe Biden yesterday celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's check out the video. Okay, you're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting Big Pharma for decades. Um, but there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people in the crowd. So, <laughs> Max and Stacy, is, is that an example of what you guys meant? I think you guys said that originally on the Kaiser report. Mm, well, yeah, what I was saying was that once the inflation starts to become a problem that's not going away, that's not transitory, that the excuses made by government and policymakers will get more and more outlandish, more convoluted, more bizarre. And uh, so that's what we're seeing now, um, is this uh, really, really odd, strange attempt to say that the inflation is somehow not completely out of control. And, and, and so this is predictable. This happens, um, this is historically what happens. Stacey, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, you know, we're here in El Salvador where it is home of the Bitcoin and it is Bitcoin country. So to me, you know, looking outside the fuzzy world of, of um, you know, fiat fraud, it is just all fraud and it's kind of ridiculous to look at. Tomorrow here in El Salvador, September 15th is Independence Day and President Bukele calls it, you know, a day to celebrate true liberty. We have true liberty because of course, Bitcoin has delivered true sovereignty, but also because President Bukele has decided to rule as a enlightened ruler, as the enlightenment ideals of, you know, that Basiat wrote so well about in the law where, you know, the, the, the most legitimate form of government is the one that protects life, liberty and property. And that is what he has been doing over the past few months, especially. And so, uh, you know, we're here where there's true liberty and in a system of true liberty, you have true honesty and true price discovery and true money. So, uh, you know, for me sitting here, I just, you know, I look at uh, their obfuscation and deception of the fiat fraud in the United States. Um, they are obviously the king of the fiat fraud because they do have the dollar. So um, it's just kind of ridiculous to me. Absolutely. So, Max, where do you see this? Where do you see this going? Because I think it's getting to the point where, you know, even CNN, which, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that, but even CNN is saying, hey, uh, this is kind of weird that you're celebrating while, you know, the stock market is tanking, tanking due to the recent CPI report. Where does this go? Uh, eventually, people are just going to not believe their lies anymore. <laughs> Well, for the past 10 years, there's been the so-called widowmaker trade where people were trying to sell the bond market or short the bond market because of the inflation that was building. But that was a widowmaker trade. It wasn't working for 10 years, really 15 years, because the Federal Reserve um, changed their mandate. They became the activist Fed. and. So they became the buyer of first order for all the junk in the system and they bloated their balance sheet. And um, this was always going to, so they deferred the, the day of reckoning. So we've had now, instead of a normal business cycle in America, which would happen every generation, we've now had two generations or two and a half generations without a correction or a, or a recession to purge the malinvestment out of the system. And so that made the system incredibly fragile. And now that we're at that day of reckoning, it's going to be devastating. So the tools that the central bank has at their disposal are very blunt objects. And they are, there's no room for nuance, really. There's only two possible outcomes. Either they uh, keep raising rates and crash the, crash the entire economy worse than we saw in the depression of the 1930s or they're going to reverse course and engage in another round of money printing and that would imply hyperinflation even jack dorsey saw the hyperinflation writing on the wall six months ago uh, michael saylor eloquently described what's happening as the melting ice cube right uh, a lot of smart people have been warning about this for a while um, I think that um, what we can say is that at some point the Fed will choke and they'll go back to massive money printing and then the inflation will get really nasty. So then that's when you have, um, 
you know, that's when you have gas at $10 a gallon. That's when you have food doubling and tripling again in price. That's when you have housing taking another huge leap higher. And um, so that's going to be the end of the post-war period of what some would call the American empire. So it lasted from 1940s to 2022, 2023. That was the American empire. That was the period. So that's, that's it. it. It's as an American, it's, it's bittersweet. I'm just happy I'm in Bitcoin. Stacy, where do you see, you see this happening in slow motion how is it looking at it from a company from a country that has already taken the next step? Well, here it's all hope and optimism and liberation. When I walked in to places like Ilopongo, Soyapongo, Apopa in particular, you know, these are places that were occupied by violent thugs for the past. 30 years sent from the United States, from the prisons of California. They've been liberated from those thugs. Um, They've also been emancipated from the US dollar system through Bitcoin. Uh, Their leader is obviously a Lorenzo de Medici of our day. There's Renaissance 2.0, there's Enlightenment 2.0. What's not to feel good about, right? When you look from here to the United States, and we return to the United States, you know, quite often for visits. And I mean, but it doesn't take far to look to see uh, the entropy setting in. The um, I just saw a chart of the parabolic like surge in the number of people in our legislative branch of the United States who are over seventy. So. You know, these guys have set in motion the decline of our empire with the introduction of 50 years ago, you know, the U.S. dollar is all fiat. And um, thus, all the stuff that followed through, you know, the hollowing out of the U.S. economy that was necessary in order to maintain their power for a temporary 50-year period, and you see despair, you see, you see homeless camps across California, which is like one of the largest economies in the world, allegedly. Like, so it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the difference between the two. Anybody who comes here to El Salvador, you know, we just had our friend, the guy who edit, has edited all our content for the past 15 years. He and his family came from the United Kingdom here and of course, they Googled it. And even though they know us, you know, it's hard to overlook the headlines from the BBC, from the Guardian, from the Wall Street Journal, from the New York Times, from the Washington Post, from the New Yorker, all of these mainstream um, authoritative media that the likes of Twitter will use as authorities on what is truth. Well, their truth that they tell people is that don't go to El Salvador. It's dangerous, it's violent, and um, it's a place of despair. Well, you know, as soon as anybody arrives, and this happened to me and Max, of course, when we first arrived, is like they see the reality is completely different from the headlines of the truth that they say, uh, you know, that they try to push. It's a fake narrative that they push about what El Salvador is. 
Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. We're actually going to go through some of those headlines in a little bit during the news. But yeah, uh, I, to put it simply, uh, America, I, I don't see a future where El Salvador, I see a very, very bright future. Um, and holy cow, is that a complete change up from the last hundred years, right? And I think... 200 years. 200 years. There we go. Wow. Anyways, guys, thank you for blowing my mind like always. Let's get to the news. The Daily News. Brought to you by CryptoCloaks.com. They make the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch in the game. From custom node cases to key rings to the famous 3D printed Bitcoin grenade toy. Comes in any custom color your heart desires. You want it in gold, they make it in gold, but only on CryptoCloaks.com. All right, so Stacy was talking about this a little bit earlier. These are some of the headlines, and I want to know why. Um, and I'll pass it on to Stacy first and then Max. First headline for audio listeners on Twitter Spaces. Will this be the, this is by Rolling Stone. Will this be the first crypto bankrupt, bankrupted by, uh, sorry, I completely butchered that. Will this be the first country bankrupted by crypto? Next one by The Telegraph. El Salvador forced its citizens to use Bitcoin. Here's what happened. Next one by The Telegraph. The world should fear El Salvador's bizarre Bitcoin experiment. Uh, experiment. Los Angeles Times. As El Salvador adopts Bitcoin, its youngest president is dismantling democracy. Behold, the Bitcoin city, El Salvador's millennial dictator, reveals plans for futuristic metropolis. Even the financial publications, Financial Times, Letter, El Salvador's Bitcoin project brings no tangible benefits. Even Bloomberg, El Salvador, had a Bitcoin revolution. Hardly anybody showed up. So, Max, why are they doing this? What, or, sorry, I meant, I meant Stacy. Why are they doing this, Stacy? Uh, because El Salvador is winning. And that means they're losing. So, so who, who's they? Sorry to interrupt you. Who's they? Wh whoever presides over the, the current legacy system, the status quo that has been winning for the past 50 years, the cantillionaires, the crooks, the colonialists, the colonizers, the communists that run the global you know, fiat fraud, they're losing because El Salvador is winning. This is a sign of the end of that boomer sort of elite cantillionaire class. It's over. And they hate to see somebody who is a Lorenzo de Medici because when he brings in uh, Renaissance 2.0, when El Salvador becomes Florence 2.0, that only means that they've lost. Because if there's a better example, people are going to flock to this. Just like what happened in Florence 1.0 back hundreds of years ago, People flocked to Florence because of the Florin, because of the most perfect money of that time. And people will flock to El Salvador. They are starting to flock to El Salvador. And all of those headlines are wrong. And you know that they're wrong because um, there are so many headlines. So they're writing about it because President Bukele is a Bitcoiner. He's a Bitcoin maximalist. He has laser eyes. He is laser eyes. He's the embodiment of laser eyes. He is Lorenzo the Great of our day. And they're afraid of him because here's a $30 billion economy. And yet this 20 something trillion dollar economy of the United States is passing laws to investigate how El Salvador might jeopardize their um, economy, the U.S. economy. Well, yeah, if your economy is based on fraud, well, a perfect economy based on perfect money and true liberty and true 
uh, Enlightenment ideals, because remember, the United States was a republic when it was founded, and it was founded on a, an Enlightenment document called the U.S. Constitution, which was based on a limited government, which was protecting the rights to life, liberty, and, you know, they called it pursuit of happiness, but property. Um, so that's what we used to have. And, uh, you know, people forget, maybe because of all the bread and circuses and the free money and all the writing off of student loans and stuff like that. But if, if El Salvador and President Bukele introduces what we used to be when we became great, when we were great, um, that could blow apart their entire delusional myth and their uh, fiat fraud. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's great. Really, I forget who said this, right? Bit one of one of my favorite features of Bitcoin is that it exposes people's incentives. And I think it was Max that said this. The tyrants come out of the woodwork, you know, and they expose themselves. Max, same question to you. Why is the legacy propaganda media so hell bent on attempting to attack El Salvador, this this tiny country in Central America that wasn't even relevant before they passed this Bitcoin law? Right. Well, it's a sad state of affairs for journalism, really. I mean, um, going back to what we said at the beginning about inflation, the, the mainstream media was warning about deflation for years, and the mainstream media didn't think all that money printing would have any consequences. And the inflation genies out of the bottle. They said it was transitory. And all as a chorus, they've been pushing pro-Wall Street propaganda. You know, and we saw all the propaganda pushed uh, on behalf of the mRNA stuff, you know, that's turned out to be massive psyops. And so now you've got the same machine machinery in place in all in a lockstep without a single dissenting voice in American mainstream media pushing the same talking points uh, concerning El Salvador. And well, one one imp phrase in particular stands out from what you just read, and that would be dismantling democracy. So the reason this is patently false and demonstrably false is that the, I, the president of El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender and in so doing gave 7 million Salvadorans the right to unconfiscatable, uncensorable wealth and property. Now, this is decentralization, democracy. Okay, this is the complete opposite of the of the claim of dismantling this dem democracy it, it shows it reveals that the notion of democracy in the american press is no longer consistent with that as, as expressed in the constitution and the founding documents of the u.s the u.s uh, the, the phrase that you the, the quote that you're talking about that i said was that bitcoin is a mirror that exposes people in, in a way, if you're a bad person, it exposes you to be a worse person. If you're a good person, it tends to show you in a, even a better light. You know, Michael Saylor was an unknown CEO and Bitcoin made him into a Bitcoin legend. Um, the founder of the BSV project was already on shaky grounds in terms of mental stability and Bitcoin turned him into a full-fledged psychopath. <laughs> right, so that's the power of, of Bitcoin. It's a it's a force multiplier. Um, so this is it's revealing the fact that the the press in America is is sadly in a sad state where 
the truth is seen as the enemy of the state. And when you're talking about money that separates for the first time money from the state, well, the state's going to not like that. And so all media in America is state-sponsored media. Rolling Stone is state-sponsored media. CNN, state-sponsored media. There is no independent, non-state-sponsored media um, with, you know, with very, very, very few exceptions. I can think of only maybe one journalist who's flirting with challenging the empire on Fox. But other than that, you just have essentially the deep platforming that goes on. And it's also from El Salvador, you get to see the United States with a bit of perspective. And it's a bit sad to see a once great nation become insecure and, and uh, fumble so horribly with concepts like freedom. They don't, they've completely lost the plot in, in the US, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, uh, man. Tucker's awesome. <laughs> and that's exactly why they sent him a subpoena the other day. Um, anyways, uh, so one thing, and again, I, I immigrated here. Um, I'm originally from Venezuela, and it's very sad seeing the U.S. going this direction. It's it's hilarious that they call El Salvador a dictatorship. I don't recall the government in my, my Bukele writing the home of the former president or arresting some of the members of the previous administration, whether it's Peter Navarro, Steve Bannon, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, it, it's it's disgusting and it's extremely sad to me because I was the original vision of America that I was sold. I'm seeing it degrade before my eyes, but I do see hope in Bitcoin. And I think that's what keeps me. That's what keeps some hope alive, I guess. But I am in Puerto Rico anyways. Anyways. Um, OK, so uh, Max question here. And this kind of concerned me a little bit. Right. Uh, let me pull it up. Here is a, a passage from this article by Bloomberg. It says the IMF has held off on approving a $1.3 billion program for the country, citing risks for, uh, for, 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 from Bitcoin. And they also did something very, the IMF did something similar with Argentina. They, you know, they, they dangled those SDR shit coins on top of them and they said that they would only do it if the Argentinian government discouraged crypto usage. So does the IMF worry you? The, why is, if the IMF is clearly hostile towards Bitcoin, right? It's clearly hostile towards Salvador adopting Bitcoin. Why is Salvador in this position where they have to negotiate with the, with the IMF in the first place? Okay, for, well, a couple of points. Um, as you've seen recently, the president of El Salvador is now put forward a program to buy back their sovereign debt uh, in the open market. So they are reducing their debt. The uh, IMF loan, as I suggested to the president a few months ago, which he made a public acknowledgement of and is now following up on, is to pay off the IMF debt completely with the volcano bonds uh, that are in the works. Uh, I think that the one major misconception about of El Salvador's economic position versus the IMF and other creditors is that here in El Salvador with the economy growing at over 10% a year, tourism exploding, forward investment incoming in the billions, um, the, um, all the other positive things that are going on, El Salvador literally has the ability to pick and choose when they want to do stuff. They, they'll, make, they'll take care of the IMF when it's convenient for El Salvador. 
So the IMF can squawk all they want. Uh, I know, little inside baseball here, that the IMF is scared shitless about El Salvador making Bitcoin legal tender. And they're constantly, almost every day, trying to weasel their way in and have the language changed on the law. And every single day, the president essentially gives them the finger and tells the IMF to fuck themselves. And, and, then he uses, and, and, and many times he uses those exact phrases. So the IMF is a, a dead institution walking. Um, and, the, and, and El Salvador can pick and choose the day uh, and, and, and th that they want to. And let me put it this way. The IMF has already died, but it's not yet buried. So in El Salvador, will pick the day to bury the IMF. Amen to that. Speaking of dead institutions, I want to share this with you guys. This was a report by the United Nations released August 10th, 2022. It's funny because at the top it says prosperity for all. I just wanted to point that out. Anyway, it says the United Nations uh, spells out actions to curb cryptocurrencies in developing countries. And at the bottom, they really say, I think, what regulation is for. It says ensure comprehensive financial regulation of cryptocurrencies through regulated crypto exchanges, digital wallets, and decentralized finance. Restrict advertisements related to cryptocurrencies. Provide a safe, reliable, and affordable public payment system adapted to the digital era. They're talking about central bank digital currencies. Agree and implement global tax coordination regarding cryptocurrency tax treatments. Redesign capital controls to take account of the decentralized, borderless, pseudonymous features of cryptocurrencies. So this question's to Stacy. Look at all these institutions that we, you know, we I think we saw differently for so many decades, whether that's the IMF, the World Bank, the United Nations. And again, it's what Max says, right? The the Bitcoin is exposing their true incentives and the tyrants are coming out of the woodwork. What are your thoughts on that United Nations report, Stacey? So first of all, it's important that all Bitcoiners realize that El Salvador is Bitcoin country. And as I said at the top of the show, President Bukele is laserized. He is Bitcoin. So we all have to be on the side of El Salvador in this fight because what they are fighting is exactly what the World Economic Forum sort of mentality of all these people who run these institutions is. And that is that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, right? That's what they say. This is what El Salvador has already experienced for the past 200 years. As I said, they've had the colonizers here. They've had the communists. They've had the cancellionaires. They've had the crooks and they've got rid of them. Um, what... What they're saying there, what the UN is saying there, what the, what the CBDC and the, uh, what they're trying to stop with the sanctions, why they want their CBDC, why they want their surveillance coin, is you can't have a system of money and sanctions like what the US has done over the past decade. They first pulled Iran off SWIFT, and now they're pulling everybody off SWIFT, and they're uh, seizing reserves of Russia and other nations. They're talking about introducing sanctions on China. Well, there's, there's no such thing as having money and that. Like you can't have, money has to be fungible, has to be able to be used by everybody. It has to be neutral or else you have no money. So you'll own nothing and you'll, ha you'll be happy is what their mentality is, that you'll have you'll have no real food, you'll have sludge, you'll have no real money, you'll have a CBDC, you'll have nothing that you own, you'll have no right to life, liberty and property. Like that's the future they see for you. And El Salvador is the single 
only country in the world, the only one that is Bitcoin only, that is Bitcoin country. Uh, they do not have any shitcoin policy, no cantillionaire policy, nothing at all. So like this is like the tip of the spear in this battle against what they want you to own nothing. They don't want you to have the right to life, liberty and property. So that is the truth. And um, that's what the UN is saying is they want a, a money that is not actually money. They want a, a fiction, a, a fictional money. So but then it's not money. As if you've read Nick Bhatia, of course, with uh, layered money, there's been three monies in the world. There was gold, there was U.S. treasuries, and now there's Bitcoin. Well, gold is all owned by the central banks. And it's, you know we all know the, the shortcomings of the difficulty of, of transporting through space. So um, the U.S. treasuries, they blew it up themselves. We decided to destroy it and because we didn't want to share. We didn't want uh, other people to outcompete us. Well, it's too late now because we have Bitcoin. So... Uh, this is this is the the battle of the next decade is right here in El Salvador. Absolutely, right. go ahead, Max. Well, the Bitcoin is designed to attract attacks, so the hash rates at an all time high. Mm. The more the IMF and the World Bank and these global institutions talk about global tax and global enforcement of global CBDC, the higher the hash rate will go, and the higher the price will go. That, that that's designed by design. So we want them to fall on their sword and commit fiaticide. <laughs> I don't have any sympathy for them. When these guys ultimately blow themselves up, I'm not going to cry a tear. I'm not going to be, oh, my God, they, he was such a noble person, but he decided to commit fiaticide. No, I'm going to be like, told you, bitch. <laughs> right? So it, it attracts attacks. So we're, we're now attracting the boss of the boss, you know, the last group which will bring hash rate up even higher. Price will keep going higher. And um, nation states will see what's happening in El Salvador. And it, it's a big advertisement for Bitcoin. They're doing our marketing for us. Yeah. So bring, you know, bring it. It's so fucking stupid. I feel sorry for them some days. Some days I just don't care. Sometimes I do feel a bit you know, sorry for them. But most of the time I'm just like, I mean, during the 20s, I, I don't, I don't want to go down this dark path. But that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so uh, I, this is the, the question that I was most looking forward to. Um, and I actually retweeted this. Um, it said, vote with your feet. Move to El Salvador. Salvador is Bitcoin country. Marty Bent said, Bitcoiners need to stop trying to win the minds of the politicians at the federal level and focus on winning the minds of the people who are being subjected, uh, subjugated by the federal government. So Max and Stacy. Could you pitch the audience on why they should move to El Salvador? El Salvador is Bitcoin country. It is led by Lorenzo de Medici of our day. It is Renaissance 2.0. It is Enlightenment 2.0. The government gets the fuck out of your way if you're here to build, if you're here to just live like a Bitcoiner lives. Like uh, there is no, uh, there is no cantillionaire cups running the freaking government here. So in terms of like um, Marty Bent, what he, you know, he lives in America, he's an American and Europeans and Americans have a different uh, perspective on things because, um, you know, they haven't had 200 years of blatant, violent, forcible uh, colonization uh crooks, cantillioners, confiscating their wealth and sovereignty for 200 years. 
El Salvador has. And now they have found a superpower. And their superpower is not only President Bukele, but that President Bukele is a Bitcoiner. And he sees it. They see, everybody here sees a response from allegedly the most mighty superpower and empire in the history of the universe of, of human beings, right? Well, why are they so fucking scared of us? Well, they're scared because President Bukele is Lorenzo de Medici of our day. Renaissance 2.0 is coming. El Salvador will be Florence 2.0. And we all know Florence 1.0 from today because it was so powerful, because it was so mighty. And it took humans out of the dark ages and brought us into an, a period of Renaissance and then enlightenment and amazing things we created, discovery, um, architecture, art, all of that stuff. We were like, we flourished. Humans flourished. People flourished. Governments did not. And so uh, this is a sort of period that will be set in motion. So I think this is the place to be. You know, President Bukele says like, El Salvador, we can make it where we are going is to the place we want to be. And that includes anybody who moves here, anybody who wants to build the place that you want to be, you want to see, you can do it here. And I know it. I know it for a fact because that's why we're fucking here. So shut the fuck up and move here, Marty. <laughs> Max? Well, I think um, my recommendation would be don't try to be time things perfectly. You know, a lot of people back going back to World War II, they didn't believe what was happening in Germany and they didn't leave uh, and they regretted not leaving. A lot of people did leave, some famous people like Einstein and others. I think in the United States, you have to understand that we're going into a third world war. It's a continuation of the second, which is a continuation of the first world war. A lot of the same political forces are once again coming together for a war. And if you're caught in the crosshairs of that, you're going to get killed. So if you want to live, come to the savior, El Salvador. I think there's going to be such a madhouse at the airports because they're going to have plane loads of people coming in and they won't have the infrastructure to handle it. I mean, that's my I would say don't come to El Salvador because I don't I don't need the aggravation of having five million Americans, you know, you know, trying to rush in through the get into El Salvador. It's going to be a pain in the ass. So maybe, you know, but since you're a nice guy and I like you, I'll tell you the truth. But if I'm if I'm going to talk to Bloomberg or somebody else, I'll say don't come because I don't <laughs> want those assholes here. I just want real people here. I want Bitcoiners. I don't want assholes. Yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. 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 All right. It is time for the culture. Let's do this. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys, before we get to the culture, I want to give a shout out to Pacific Bitcoin. November 10th through 11th, Los Angeles, California. Speaker list includes Corey Clipson, Lynn Alden, Jeff Booth, D Dylan LeClaire, Eric on Mark Moss, Alex Klostein, Dr. Jeff Ross, Nico, and Opti are going to do a Simply Bitcoin from Pacific Bitcoin. You can take advantage of the promo code SIMPLY to get a discount to the largest Bitcoin conference on the West Coast. Opti, what do you have for us today, brother? Well, first off, how could you not be hopeful after that segment? That was just pure signal, pure signal there. But 
before I get into the daily culture, I say it all the time on the show, and we, we cover this all the time, and uh, Max said it perfectly in this tweet. You don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. And in the news segment, they even covered what I believe to be true as well, that Bitcoin exposes you to you. And there's a certain aspect of Bitcoin that that expands your consciousness. And I love how you guys put this in your Orange Pill podcast. You guys always use the, the psychedelic meme of full dose, micro dosing and overdosing on the Orange Pill. And I found this meme as well, or the next one is uh, you, you guys put it really well because as someone that has traveled the dimensions of my mind, I can agree that Bitcoin may be a, a better psychedelic than psychedelics. And you put it here, psilocybin mushrooms are no match for the mind expanding properties of the orange pill podcast or the orange pill in general. But I really love how you put this tweet together right here, Max. And you go, Bitcoin takes you through five steps of consciousness raising by design. The path leads you from lowly gambling to spiritual enlightenment. And 90, 99% of discussion still is on number one. Number one being gambling. Number two being investing. Three being wealth preservation. Four, political activism. And five, spiritual enlightenment. And you guys touched on it in the beginning, how Bitcoin will usher in. The next renaissance the next next enlightenment so my question to start off with is uh you know like how did you guys come to this realization yourself is it just going down the bit hole the bitcoin rabbit hole or is it just is it just something that happens to you over time that you come to this realization that bitcoin changes your consciousness for the better um well i think in my case it's always been a lifelong pursuit to explore the unconscious and subconscious realms, probably because I was born in 1960 and grew up during the 60s when Dr. Timothy Leary and others were talking about the uh, properties of, um, of psychedelics. And a lot of the writers at that time, famous writers at that time, were talking about psychedelia the music was exploring psychedelia. So I think that's part of my childhood. And um, even when I started on Wall Street in the 1980s, it was a time actually on Wall Street when it was transitioning from many decades of being a very boring job with fixed commissions to suddenly Charles Schwab came around and they had the discounters appeared and Wall Street got really creative with uh, and it was the rise of the leverage buyouts the buyout kings michael milken and um all kinds of interesting and that, that was one of my first job coming out of uh college was uh, as a stockbroker and i was exposed to this, just this idea that money was a medium like paint dance song the written word money is a medium the medium of exchange is not different than the medium of artistic expression whether it's paint or dance or poetry, it's a medium. And that medium can take an infinite form. So, and I had a career on Wall Street with that kind of mentality. And I had a book of clients who actually kind of appreciated my take on that, believe it or not. So um, when I went on to the 90s and I created the Hollywood Stock Exchange and I invented a digital currency that's patented, and that was an attempt to turn everything that was in Hollywood into a tradable meme, a, a, a virtual security. 
So that was eventually sold to Cantor Fitzgerald. Then I discovered Bitcoin in 2011. And this was the discovery of all of these ideas expressed perfectly. So the concision of the white paper is the genius of the white paper. There's nothing new in Bitcoin. It's just a, an assembly of existing technologies, but in a perfect way. So in this way, it's, you could, it's almost like a, uh, a haiku. You know, haiku is a very short poem. It's three lines, very limited number of, of syllables, but it, it, it resonates. It has a, it, it's perfect to a degree. With Bitcoin, it's the perfection of money and the medium of exchange as a medium perfected. So, the, and so it tickles the psychedelic uh, need that I think all humans have at some level of their sub or unconscious existence. There is a, there is a psychedelic thirst um, for mm, radical juxtaposition of ideas and images to create new truths. So truth, again, is subjective. Uh, this is the thing that journalists face all the time is that the journalist tells the truth today, but tomorrow that truth may have changed. You, you can only tell the truth as it exists today, but there needs to be an effort to at least tell the truth as you see it today. The failure with journalism that we talked about earlier is that they go in there with a cooked story already and then bend the facts to, to go with the narrative. Same thing with Wall Street. You know, the problem with, and with my technology, the virtual specialist technology, it's, it really is a way to pick a price first and then add the trades later. And you see that on Wall Street now, and part of the problems on Wall Street is that the markets have been subjected to this form of manipulation where big banks like Goldman Sachs, they want the bond market to be a certain price. So they start printing trades at that price and then fill in the orders to support their preconceived notion of what the price should be. So it's the opposite of price discovery where the price is the sum total of all the buyers and sellers in the market and you have the current price. That doesn't exist anymore in any market in the world. All markets everywhere are the opposite. The price is determined first based on a narrative and then trades are filled in afterward to justify that price. Now we're seeing that completely being unwound. It was supported by artificially cheap money, 0% interest rates, allowed you to do this perpetual fraud for many, many years. Uh, we've now entered a new era where prices for stuff are not going to be determined by this fraud on Wall Street, but by the people who produce the stuff. The commodity producers have now taken over in pricing stuff. And that's why suddenly stuff costs more because for decades, the price of stuff was hidden by derivatives, by Wall Street, by financialization. And all the risk was shuffled around and it was dumped into in places where it was never talked about. But now that era is over and we have a new era where the price of stuff is determined outside of America. It's determined where they produce the stuff, the commodities. Um, so that's a very um, disjointed and long answer to your question uh, about psychedelia. So I hope that the psychedelic nature of my answer is reflects the uh, the spirit of which the question was posed. I also want to say, um, that's one good thing about uh, being older than a lot of uh, young people now entering Bitcoin is that uh, Max and I have some memory. Max has more experience of the real of of 
uh, when you talk about CBDCs and surveillance, we, we, we lived in a time where you could actually be a private human being, where you could express yourself and um, it was essentially in privacy. It was not, it was not um, surveyed and recorded and, and put in your files <laughs> for the rest of eternity, right? So when, when you're in the 70s, think about what, where Max grew up in New York City, uh, what was going on, right? You had the weather underground bombing like 2,000 federal buildings <laughs> in the late 1960s, early 70s. Like shit was going on. Yeah, you had Times Square looking like Taxi Driver or that TV series The Deuce, and there were pimps and whores and sex shops. Uh, there were serial killers all over New York. There was uh, murder, but there was also punk rock, and there was hip hop, and there was you know the the, the beat poets still there. Like you had um, an incredible cauldron of creativity, and we don't have that anymore, right? Because everybody self censors. And if they don't, they get deplatformed, so they aren't even part of the conversation, and they dis they're disappeared from humanity, um, because the right to assembly, but also the right to privacy, are part of these enlightenment ideals, and for a reason, because that's where you uh, cultivate creativity and innovation and ideas, and um, you know, part of that process is not, you know, you make a lot of mistakes. That's part of growth. That's part of creativity is fucking up and making mistakes. But there's a, a lot of young Zoomers and millennials don't have that option because everything is recorded for eternity in some digital space or some server in the NSA and, and Google and uh, Amazon. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the American, the, part of the American entrepreneur, the American archetype is somebody who gets up having after having been knocked down right and actually there's a great analogy to be made in in the game of baseball which is a uniquely american game which i'm not going to go digress into the my whole baseball uh, uh analogy but nevertheless um at other parts of the world particularly in europe you know if you make a mistake you, you get you're stigmatized and your career is cut off and you're you're a loser uh, in the United States, we encourage mistakes. We say, make as many mistakes as you want, because that every, every mistake gets you closer to winning, right? And that, that means you need to have, you can't have censorship imposed the way that it's being imposed now and to create the fear of mistakes as you do now. And this generation, the millennials and the Gen Z, they're being taught to fear making mistakes, which is the worst thing you could possibly do to any generation because now they're going to become stitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well, that's what the, in the psychedelic movement back in the 60s and 70s, it was about dropping out, right? Um, of that 50s and 60s sort of culture. And you might've seen the Mad Men, some of that, that, that the collision point there. And it, the horrible thing about it is that the boomers were the ones that did this. this they were teenagers or young 20s at the time, they were the ones doing this. They were the ones blowing up federal buildings. Now they're the ones like deplatforming people and introducing CBDCs and telling you that you'll be happy if you own nothing. It's like, they're the tyrants. They became they became all that uh, they were dropping out to avoid. So it's just a new form of it. It's a new digital form of it. But you know, they were coming out of the era of McCarthy and um, you know, the, uh, you know, all the, the wars going on around the world, the Cold War and the, um, you know, the proxy wars, like in places like Vietnam and Laos and Cambodia and, 
uh, all across Central America, of course. And so, uh, you know, they were dropping out. They were um, like exiting that system. Well, Bitcoin is exiting that system. It is exiting the, the man, right? Like it's sticking it to the man in the same way that the 60s attempted to do, but then they all uh, started doing butter commercials and yeah, selling like, out themselves. Gary Rubin was part of the Weather Underground, I think, or one of the major counterculture movements of the 60s. He became an investment banker, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the, that, that time, and it was, um, you know, um, there was a brief period of uh, self-expression and freedom, and then it became corporatized. The youth movement, you know, became owned by by, by you used to be able to blow up a federal building and just like, you know, <laughs> go back to your day job or, you know, like drop out and just like go to a concert. Now it's all like big deal. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but, um, you know. I'm just joking. Don't yeah. <laughs> Stacy's just in, that having a little humor there. Some very interesting humor. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, culturally speaking. Bitcoin is the acid of this uh, of this century. You know, instead of dropping acid, you can just uh, uh, stack sats, and it's similar because it takes you to a place of enlightenment that you are trying to get to with acid, or psychedelic drugs, or mm -hmm. mushrooms, yes. or music. You know, that place you're trying to get to, you can get to with by stacking sats because the aesthetic beauty of Bitcoin is transformative. Once you study the protocol and how the incentives are all perfectly balanced and how this is perfect money and how everything else around it is falling apart because of its presence, you know, you have a consciousness raising experience, which is beyond what any, what Dr. Timothy Leary could have ever imagined on his, his most trippy trip, LSD trip. You know, this is Dr. Leary to the power of Dr. Leary. But, you know, a lot of people have bad trips and some people lose their minds on Bitcoin too. And we've seen, you know, <laughs> Bitcoin derangement syndrome. Bitcoin derangement syndrome. We've seen people look yeah. into Bitcoin, see Bitcoin, understand Bitcoin, and then they get a God complex and like blow their minds. Well, this happened the in the early years, but you know, some of the early OGs flipped out, um, like a Charlie Shrem, for example, or a Roger Ver, who we knew in the very early years of Bitcoin. You know, when you talk to them, they their eyes would be spinning like pinwheels. You know, when if you look at the protocol for the first time, and you're one of the first people to look at it, really, sincerely, it'll literally blow your mind. And in some place, and and if you're not prepared for it, it can it can it can blow your mind literally. But there were no there were a few trip sitters back then. There were only it was yeah. a small community of Bitcoiners back then. So now we have more trip sitters, right? And yeah. that's an important part of tripping. Let's I mean, learn. actually, I've never tripped I've, uh, other than on Bitcoin. I've never done that. But from what I understand by reading about it is that you need a trip sitter <laughs> before you take any of these like ayahuasca and things like that. So yeah. that's part of the journey. And I just take Bitcoin. I, you know, snort well, it okay. every morning on <laughs> Bitcoin.com, by the way. Well, I mean, it gets to the point where any psychedelic drug, it needs to be incorporated into some kind of ritual and community experience. Doing anything like this alone is always risky and it's, it's uh, not recommended. And same thing with Bitcoin, you know, that's why the community is so important. You need to be part of the Bitcoin community to, uh, to, to help you avoid becoming strung out on Bitcoin and ending in the gutter. I mean, when you start, people start selling their chairs to buy Bitcoin, 
you know, you know that they've got a problem. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, that's 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 the that they're totally hit enlightenment. They're like the you know. I, I, I envision Michael Saylor like at people's homes, looking under the cushions oh, of their of their sofas <laughs> and dimes to, to buy more Bitcoin. He's a he's a Bitcoin junkie. That guy. He needs to go to Bitcoin rehab. No, he's gonna hit Nirvana. He's he's literally going to like evaporate one one day on air. I'm hoping it's on your live stream. Yeah. But so, he'll like he'll just like he'll dematerialize. He'll just like. <laughs> Into, yes, exactly. He will dematerialize and enter Satoshi consciousness live on somebody's podcast. That's probably going to happen in the next six or 12 months. Oh, man. This guy is so far down the rabbit hole that he met himself coming back. Amazing. Amazing. That was the best culture segment we've ever had. I didn't have I have more prepared, but that was perfect. I mean, I just want to add, I I say it all the time that Bitcoin is fulfilling the meme of tune in, turn on, and instead of dropped out, it's just opting out and finally giving us those tools to cement this into reality. It's no longer just a meme. We have the tools to actually do this and further spread this to, as you guys said, Enlightenment 2.0 or Renaissance 2.0. And and you know, like you guys saying, you don't need to do the psychedelics to get the experience of Bitcoin. You just need to stack sats and provide value to your fellow man and, and the effects will ripple out into society. And it's just such a beautiful thing to be a part of. Uh, Nico, I do have more, but I know we're on a time limit. So go to the memes or let's go to the meme review. Right. And we have a special guest. Let's check it out. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Bitbox 2 Bitcoin only edition, a hardware wallet by Shift Crypto, crypto like cryptography. It's secure, it's open source, and it's so easy your mom can set it up. Self custody is the revolution, and the Bitbox makes it simple. Do not leave your Bitcoin on an exchange. Order a Bitbox today. Amazing. Yellow. Amazing. How'd you get in here, Yellow? What? Oh, no. oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, no. I I got I got plucky I got I got plucky I got my pink uh, hat my Satoshi Nirvana T-shirt and I came in. What's the problem? <laughs> oh. oh, nice. There he is. Did you well, store any sats? Of, of course. Yeah, you yeah, every day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you already know the deal. Tweets are the bullets and memes are the artillery in this information warfare. So continue to make the memes, continue to stay on the front lines and push the sound money gospel. And of course, guys, before we finish the meme review, make sure you drop your meme scores so that we can read them live. First and foremost, let's get into the memes. We got our first one by our friend Hoddle, never Soddle, and he goes, we did it. We time traveled, but to what year? Let me ask that guy over there. Which party controls the government? And this guy goes, what's the government? And they go, doesn't matter. We're staying here. Yes, this is the vibe. This is uh, kind of what they're saying down there in uh, El Salvador, Bitcoin country. And of course... I had to add Yellow's meme this morning on here, and he goes, good morning, everyone. Yellow called a friend today with advice. You should do it, okay? And we got Yellow. Hello. Yes, hello, friend. Uh, buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin again? Yes, buy Bitcoin. Thank you, friend. Didn't think of that. Okay, bye. Bye. This is the way. Continue to stack Bitcoin. Continue to shill it to your friends and even to your enemies, guys. The world needs Bitcoin. Anyways, next one is by our friend Hoddle Bear, and he goes, hard cap, no cap, three woo rules, no wishing for death, no falling in love, and no bringing back dead people. And the guy goes, I wish for 22 million Bitcoin. And he goes, well, now there's four rules. 
21 million hard cap. This is the way. And on the news of, uh, you know, Joe Byron and uh, the really bad economy, we got this one of Wall Street exploding and Joe Byron doing that incredible speech with that uh, very fascist uh, symbolism. And this next one, I found a meme on Max Kaiser's page, and I, I thought it fitting, and, and you even touched on it in the news section. And you go, Maxim of the day, it's an unintended consequence of the failing to allow markets to function as they had for tens of thousands of years when you put a central bank in there that changes the cost of money every five minutes, you end up with a planet that's completely out of balance as a report 2015. So, been on it forever. And on yeah. that same on that same note, we added this Voltaire quote right quote right here, and it goes: "It is difficult to free fools from the chain they revere." This is the way, guys. We are out here spreading the sound money gospel. It is a dirty job, but someone has to do it. And we got the high priest and high priestess of Bitcoin with us today. And I, I just love it. This is the energy that I always try to push out there, that Bitcoin is saving humanity, and it's upon us to spread that sound money gospel. Anyways, my meme review score today is these awesome Honey Badger stickers that I got from my friend BitMeg. Shouts out to you, Meg. Anyways, Nico, what's your score for today? Yep, before I give it a score, guys, this is Simply Bitcoin Live. Drop a meme review score in the live chat. Give it anything you want and make Opti and, Opti and I feel uncomfortable while Just we read Nico. it. Nico's the only one that feels uncomfortable. Dude, you got very uncomfortable on the Saturday <laughs> show, my friend. All right, anyways, I'm, I haven't given this yet. The Fiat Standard by Saifedean. That's my score. Just had it on my desk because I think I'm going to make a video on it. Anyways, Max and Stacy, what would you give those memes? I would give them this score, right? Yay, Bukele 2024, Dios, Union, Libertad, and Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Max? Uh, well, it's great to see Voltaire in the uh, meme uh, section. Uh, clearly an OG. OG. And uh, of course, the Voltaire also said that every paper money returns to its intrinsic value of zero. So Voltaire uh, is the, the godfather of memers, apparently. You know, he's really on the mark with these things. So I give Voltaire uh, a very highest possible score on this. What did they get? Five stars? The five yeah, you Satoshis? Make it up. You make it up. You're supposed to, like, I use my hat. That's how cool. The meme score is a meme are. in itself. I give them, uh, I give it a, a malaka, a two and a half malaka. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Yellow. What would you give yeah, those memes? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it rain sats. Ooh. Those were good memes. <laughs> very, very nice. All right, very, we, very got, nice. we got a few meme scores already in, Nico. So yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, first by Rave Elevator. I give the memes an S9 hashboard pissing off my neighbor. Yeah, keep pissing him off. Love the love that noise. I give those memes a one way ticket to the land of the savior. Very nice. Very nice. Did the, if the, the person wanting to piss off their neighbor with an S9, hopefully their neighbor is like Jerome Powell or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it's Somebody, Christine. Whoever Jerome Powell's neighbor is, uh, they need to get some a whole bunch of Bitcoin miners and start rearing them up. <laughs> <laughs> I got something for Max. Max, yeah. Yeah. if this person's neighbor was Christine Lagarde, what would Christine Lagarde say <laughs> to shut up that S9? Oh, 
<laughs> it feels like a no rods feel like a reunion show oh man i love it okay uh btc pin says i rate the memes some torn up fiat Oof, very very fitting very fitting opti we have time for two more i give three arepas and two pupusas stacy and i had a fight the other day i'm a little bit biased i'm gonna go with arepas i well what i can only endorse pupusas i am a pupusa ambassador uh, that's not yet been announced, but President Bukele is making me the official ambassador of the pupusa. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Opti, there was this open source software release today. Let's check it out. Bitcoin software release. Brought to you by CypherSafe. Don't be that person that loses their Bitcoin seed due to fire damage, water damage, dog attacks. Back up your generational Bitcoin wealth on steel. And there's no better place to do it than the Cypher Grid by CypherSafe. And now check out their new Bitcoin art, the Bitcoin Rulux Triangle, only on CypherSafe.io. Mm. I totally did not pronounce that correctly, but I tried. <laughs> All right, guys, for today's software release, we got LDK Rust Lightning version 0.0.111 release. And it's got a bunch of API updates, guys. Check it out. And of course, listen to us on Spotify, on Google, uh, Anchor. And if you love what we're doing over here, we are on Fountain and you can stream us some sats. We appreciate all you guys. Thank you, Max and Stacey. This has been a great episode. Pure signal, pure sauce on this one. Anyways, Nico, let's roll this one yeah, out. Before we do that, I want to give a special shout out to our clothing sponsor, representltd.com. Opti and I wear the hoodies every single day. Opti, show the back, show the back. You're wearing the orange pill, man. Look at that. Decentralized. Beautiful. You can take advantage of the promo code down below to get 10% off representltd.com. Also want to give a very special shout out to our awesome guest, Max, Stacy. Thank you so much for coming on Simply Bitcoin. Come to El Salvador. Absolutely. What are you guys working on? Where can people find you? I'll say it myself. This is usually what I ask the guests, but everyone knows who you are anyways. Check out the Max and Stacy report. I, I want to give us also a very special shout out to the Kaiser report. Clearly, it was a major inspiration for Simply Bitcoin. Really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Oh, thank you. And again, you know, El Salvador is Bitcoin country. Uh, come visit. Uh, you can find us. We're like, um, you know, the greeters, <laughs> the official greeters of El Salvador. And we're working on a lot of great projects here related to Bitcoin and El Salvador and um, including at El Zante Capital. So you could uh, follow us on Twitter at El Zante Capital. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a new uh, 200 foot mural at the airport with my face on it saying welcome <laughs> to El Salvador. Yeah. Uh, and with the Bitcoin country. Is it, it's a project uh, in open chats, right? Like we are holding it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can see it as you fly in. So as you fly in from about 8,000 feet in the air, you can see my face. Uh, and, and, and in fact, yellow, you know, you can donate sats in order to like make the, it's because it's a digital billboard. You can make, you can hide his legs. But <laughs> like if you don't want to see his legs, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I'll give you some okay. sats. Hide his legs. I can't could you exactly. put in could you put in parentheses except Christine Lagarde and Augustine Carson? <laughs> well, uh, we have a special welcome for them if they choose to appear. <laughs> it's a kind of different Amir and Yeah, oh, we have something very special planned for them. <sighs> Anyways, also, yellow... I, I, also, I know you guys uh, met up with Sean Harris, so I'm going to definitely be seeing you on the party, the halving party. The oh, tall yeah. guy... 
Uh, yes, yeah. yes. We've met, we met up with the Mimi. Sean team. Harris. We met up with Big Sean Big and Sean. Um, some of the uh, Labra. We met Labra. I've seen Labra with my own two eyes. People are still talking about Big Sean here you know, in San Salvador. <laughs> They're like, wow, that guy is impressive. <laughs> and they, he left. They're waiting for the Haddon party now. The, the entire country is like, we, this party is going to be is going to be lit. That guy, Big Sean Harris, is the dude. So let's get it on. None of them had micro micro penne. No, no, no micro, <laughs> no micro penne. And um, uh, they uh, they were not intimidated by Max's legs. So very confident no, guys, no, no, you know, no. which is rare. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyways, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yellow, you thank guys. you. Thank you for crashing the show. I'm going to put you backstage for a bit. Anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Simply Bitcoin. If you like the content, make sure to hit that like button. If you really like the content, subscribe. And what YouTube likes the most is share the freaking video. Anyways, guys, we will see you later. <laughs>